0: I hope you're all good this morning. Excellent. So um, we'll start with um, just um, getting the elephant out of the room. Um, Rob did spill water on my trousers. (laughs) 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 I do sweat tons when I'm under pressure or when I'm chilled. I just sweat putting it out there so that uh, I don't feel awkward about lifting my hands or whatever. And you might see more marks somewhere, but, you know. <laughs> right. So this morning, um, I want to uh, talk to you about the parable of the wheat and of the tares. Um, in your different versions that you'll come across, sometimes it will be referred to as the weeds or wheat and weeds or different variations. Um, now... I'll be reading out of the book of Matthew, chapter 13, uh, verses 24 to 30. So if you do have your Bibles and you want to read along with me, please just bring them out. If not, we've got the verse on the screen. Ready? Okay. Another parable he put before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servant of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. A bit later on in verse 36... There is the weeds explained. Um, Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed means the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burnt with fire, so will it be at the close of age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out his kingdom, all causes, all causes of sin and all evildoers, and throw them into the furnace of fire. Their men will weep and gnash their teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So um, this particular parable is one of my personal favorites. And for the reasons that it's short, um, it doesn't seem to be a riddle. It's quite straightforward and it has an explanation. Um, For years, it was a parable that I read past and didn't take much notice of as it sits in between other parables. So you can kind of zoom through and not really notice it's there. Um, This changed for me last year when um, the Holy Spirit led me to this parable when I had been in the middle of a journey of finding out who I am in Christ. It immediately gave me a whole new meaning that I hope to be able to share with you today. Uh, Jesus always used to include in his parables illustrations that were relevant to the time and the people um, he was speaking to. So it's going to be really important for us to understand the context within which Um, this parable was said, so that we can understand the lessons behind or within the the parable. Thank you. Right, so in the parable, we have the wheat, we have the tares, um, and we also have the farmer. So we'll start by looking at the wheat. So wheat in this time, and even in today's age, um, in the time that this parable was told, it was uh, farming was very predominant. And so here we see Jesus using this because it's really familiar to his audience. Um, but wheat was very valuable in this time because it was used. I mean, if a farmer had, the, you know, grew some wheat, you could use that grain for uh, trade. So there's econo- economical gain there, livelihood to human beings. It was a staple food. And even today, it's a staple food for a lot of countries um, that use wheat. So there's a lot of value, monetary value, value to humans, value to livestock. Um, And wheat generally takes about 10 to 11 months to grow from the time that you actually sow to the time of harvest, sometimes maybe seven to eight, depending on the seasons that you plant it in. Um, And it actually needs to be looked after. It needs to be tended after. Um, Today, wheat is grown on... More than 240 million hectares, larger than any other crop, and world trade is greater for all other crops combined. So, if you combine all other crops, wheat actually is still produced in a larger quantity than all other crops combined. Um, it's a it's a very popular source of animal feed, and it has it was one of the first domesticated food food crops, and for 8,000 years has been the basic staple food of major civilizations of Europe, West Asia, North Africa, and today wheat is grown on more land area than any other commercial crop and continues to be the most important food grain source for humans. Maybe not for those who are gluten intolerant, but (laughs) Um, its production leads all crops including rice, maize, and potatoes. Um, Weeds now, if we move over to the weeds. So tares, um, I'll I'll touch on what the actual tares are in the parable, but weeds in general are plants growing where they're not wanted. Um, And they have undesirable qualities, and they basically have uh, negative qualities that uh, outweigh the good points. Um, And so the the disbenefits you'd find from weeds are They reduce crop yield by competing for water, light, soil nutrients, and space. They reduce crop quality by contaminating the commodity. Um, There's interference with harvest because now when you're harvesting, you have to take the the weeds out, and so it complicates that process. And they can host um, diseases and insects as well. Um, And some weeds actually produce toxic chemicals. So that's to give you an idea of what a weed is, and so it's basically a plant, but it's just planted where you don't want it to be and because it's got um, negative effects. So tares, in particular, are a seed called a darnell seed, and these have historically been problematic to wheat farmers, and they're very similar to wheat. However, the grain from the darnell is poisonous if large quantities are consumed by human beings, and so farmers have to be very careful When they're actually at harvest time to separate the tares from the wheat so that they don't contaminate their wheat. So now we've understood the wheat, the tares. Next slide. Next slide. The farmer. Um, Now, with the farmer, basically farmers are involved um, in the selection of seeds, in the preparation, of the soil, in the sowing of the seeds, in the crop protection uh, from livestock and from theft. Um, and they plan the harvest, they do the harvesting. They probably get involved in the trading as well of, of the wheat. So this is like the role of farmers. And just to, I don't know if any of you come from a farming background or maybe are from Africa. Might, it might be a bit closer because my grandmother lives in the country side, in the rural areas, and they literally survive on farming, growing crop, and when it is time to actually sow and harvest, she cannot, we could not get it to visit. Like she's got workers who work for her, who look after the crop, but she won't leave. You'd be like, grandma, but you've got people, no, 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 I can't do that. They might slack on the job. I need to be there to make sure that they do it right, or, and and it's, I mean, if you see farms here in the UK, they're like, some of them are a little bit protected and they're like way out there. But in, in that environment, it's like you have farms, you've got like a piece of land and you are farming there. And, and you can find the neighbor's goats or the neighbor's cows might come over and start grazing on your, on your, on your um, crop. So there's a lot of that. And so um, she would refuse to be removed. And if we did force it or there was an emergency and she had to come, she wouldn't, she wouldn't stay with us for more than 48 hours. In fact, it would be a very uncomfortable visit because she would keep stressing the point, I have to go back, I have to go back. So it was really valuable, it was really important to her because that's how she lived, that's how she would survive, that's how she would trade, that's where she would get money to, to, to make it and, uh, to the next um, season. So now that we understand what's actually at play here and what's involved in the process, um, we... Are going to go into the message. So when I read this parable, I saw immediately par- parallels between the story of creation and this parable. God created Adam and Eve, and he saw that it was good. And in fact, he had an intimate and close relationship with them and expected them to be reliant on him. And, and um, what he created to him was good. And if you, if you go through creation, everything he created, he said it was good. And then the enemy came and sowed a lie, which could be interpreted to be seeds because that seed grew into something that actually was not needed in that, in that sort of space. So when I also read this parable, I immediately see a story of identity. And it has clues of who we are and who Jesus is in, in this parable. So, the nature of Jesus that we can see here is he never leaves us and is with us in difficult times. So, when the farmer in this situation, the farmer sowed his seed, and when the, the, the people who are keeping the farm came to tell him, the workers came to tell him, there's, there's some weeds growing. Now, if you, the stages in which wheat grows is, so remember I said 10 to 11 months. The grain actually starts to come out more around maybe eight or nine months, if I remember correctly. So it's not actually going to be visible in the first few months. It's only towards the end. So he, he, and he didn't abandon the wheat at that stage. Um, and he actually said, well, no, actually don't pull out the, the, the weeds, the tares, because lest you actually pull out the wheat as well. Because what would happen in this situation is the roots get intertwined, Together, So once you pull one out, you might pull, um, you might pull the good seed out. We also see integrity here. We, we see the nature of Jesus as someone who's integ- who has integrity because there is integrity in the seed that he plants. He doesn't doubt what he's planted because he knows that he's put in good seed. So one of the things that we talked about was farmers one of their roles is to go and select good seed. So he knows what seed he put in, so he knows what output he expects, and therefore he immediately knows an enemy must have done this because he knows that what he put in there has integrity in it. So we also see the integrity that, that, that Jesus has. And even when the tares are secretly planted, he remains in control. So it happened whilst men were sleeping, which to me, I, I know many scholars interpret it to be something else, but to me, it, it came across as unexpectedly. It, it happened when you didn't expect it to happen. Um, and so even when this was done, he remains in control, and he says, no, 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 it's okay, we have a plan. When, we, when it comes to harvest time, I will tell the harvesters to um, take the tares out first, bundle them up, and then carry on with the harvest. So we see this about his nature. Um, the wheat and the tares grow together and coexist, so he will, do, he will not do anything to harm us. It may seem to the wheat that the farmer does not care, but it is really the opposite. He chooses to let the two exist as one until such time it is safe to actually carry out a harvest. He has instructed his angels to watch over us because in, this, in the parable we hear that he says to his workers, well, you watch over the, um, the, the wheat, And he has a plan to remove the challenges in our lives because what we see here is he's calm and he gives a plan of this is what I'll do and that's that. And then one point here, because he has a plan to remove things out of our lives and his aim is to have relationship with us, it's not for us to remove things out of our own lives. Vessels, for example, they don't mold themselves. The potter molds the vessel. Weeds don't move. I mean, I can't imagine the weeds that he's talking about trying to uproot the, the you know, the, the weeds, trying to uproot the weeds. That wouldn't have been something that's possible. So in this case, it's for him to do that. So this, this is what we're seeing about the nature of who Jesus, who's described as the son of man in the interpretation of the parable. Now, if we move to the next slide, who we are. So in who we are, I see from from this parable, I'm just seeing that we are valuable. As wheat is valuable to the farmer, so are you to God. You've been created for a purpose. And God is preparing you like a farmer would prepare his crop for the harvest. You may feel like right now life has thrown so much at you and you can't relate to his promises. You're just in the process of preparation. God is preparing you for your purpose, and when it's safe, he will set you free and you will produce grain. So we will face challenges in this world, but God is not worried about the weeds around you because he knows the integrity of what he placed in you. The parable speaks of the farmer sowing good seed. He knows that the weeds are incapable of changing the seed of wheat into tares. He will instead stay with you through those challenges. So learn to wait on the Lord, for he knows when the time is right. We all have seeds that impede our growth and try to stifle our growth and keep us from stepping into our purpose. But while men slept, he says, his enemy came and sowed ta- uh, tares among the wheat and went his way. This verse suggests to me that the, it's, it's in the situations when we least expect that the enemy will come and sow his seeds. What could these situations potentially be for us if we're trying to look for, you know, day-to-day actual situations? It could be like the time when a young five-year-old is being bullied and is looked, because they look different and the seed is sown that they're not acceptable. It could be in the time when someone you trust has hurt you And a seed is sown that you're unlovable, which steals opportunities from you to grow, connect with people, and opportunities to love other people. It could be in the time when you lose someone close to you that the enemy could sow a seed of mistrust, which will steal your peace of mind. It could be in the time when you watch your parents divorcing and the seeds of rejection are planted in you. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe they didn't love you enough. Maybe if you weren't there. It could be the time when uh, your relationship breaks down and seeds of inadequacies are planted which steal your confidence. There are many differences, and I'm sure uh, each one of you can identify the weeds within your own lives that can stop you from growing, that stop you from moving. It could be the unexpected diagnosis of something you didn't expect I don't imagine any of us here waiting in anticipation to hear a negative medical report. But it could be one of those that hits you unexpectedly whilst men sleep. Something is sold and it speaks something to you. It, it, it grows something that actually is, is not meant to be there. It's not what God put within you. Nothing that the enemy has planted in your environment has the power to change the integrity of what God has placed in you. The seed has integrity, and what it is will never change. God wants you to depend on him and to come to the source as it's greater than your situation. Wait on the Lord. The battle is his. He has a plan to get you out of these situations when the time is right. The harvest now, if we are reading at the end, the the harvest um, is put in the barn. The harvest is not for the wheat. So it's, it's for other people. The harvest is put in the barn, but the value of wheat doesn't lie, the value of wheat doesn't lie in it being able to grow successfully and being harvested. The value of the wheat actually is in what it's able to do after it's been harvested. It's in the fact that it can be a staple food, it's used for food, it's used for trading, it's used for, that is where the value comes from. If you grew wheat and harvested it and kept it in a silo, or kept it in a barn, there's absolutely no value that will be within the wheat. So what does this mean for us? We have been talking here at Junction 10 about talents and how we ought to use and develop these talents to serve the kingdom of God. We have also spoken about how the best way to achieve this is being every individual, child or adult, stepping into their purpose. We've looked at the steps that we would follow to do this, which is knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a different. We have good seed that has been planted in us. However, seeing it to come to bear fruit is going to take you pressing into knowing God. Through knowing him, you will know that he is handling a situation, that he is an ever-present help. Right now is our time of preparation. The building is coming. We are praying very powerful prayers of building a community with Jesus at the center. And we are seeking to serve walls in the black country. That is a lot of wheat that we will need. And that will need to be harvested. We have to go. We've got to show up. No exceptions. Because we are to feed this community. I don't know if you realize, because I, I had to stop myself once when I was just praying, when we got the um, prayer intentions for the dinner, I was thinking, yeah, but who's going to do all of that? <laughs> and he's saying, well, you guys are. So we are that wheat, but our value is going to lie in our output. It's going to lie in what we're able to do. So what does the wheat do when it's faced with weeds growing around it? It stands. The weed stands. For 10 to 11 months, the weed stands. And it says in the book of Ephesians, the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devils. For we are not contending against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities and against powers Against the world of rulers of this present darkness, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness, so I suggest, in the times when our weeds are grappling for everything for the life in us, are fighting for the nutrients that we need for us to grow, are fighting every, are fighting us to the inch, to the last inch of our lives, that you stand, because there is a farmer. There is a farmer who is tending the crop. There is a farmer who is tending to you. Your value lies in what you're able to do after the harvest. It's no good if there's just one stalk or one grass of wheat that makes it to the harvest. You can't make bread with it, it's not enough. It lies in all of us coming together. And it lies in us being able to stand and trust in God, and have walk in a relationship with Him, understanding and knowing that what He put in us is is integrity it has integrity in it, and it is good, and we need to trust in that. That's what I leave you with today.